Good morning, this is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called The Inner Struggle. Anyone, then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. That's James chapter 4, verse 17. Sin is another word that is rather passé in our society, and definitely not politically correct. Recently, someone asked me if there is a list of sins somewhere. She really wanted to be clear, may I say, that her desire to do right before God was so pure. Well, what is sin? Oh, there is much said about sin in both the Old and New Testaments, to be sure. But how can we easily define it? The Hebrew word most closely means missing the mark. What mark? The standard of holiness that is the very person of God. Perhaps Romans 3 verse 23 makes this point best. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ordinarily, one thinks of sin as breaking the laws of God, things like doing things like lying, stealing, coveting, committing adultery, murder, etc. Clearly, these are sins. But here, James introduces the notion of sins of omission. I can easily see that lying is sin. But I should also understand that there are times that withholding the truth, when it needs to be told, can also be sin. Standing by when another is being mistreated and saying nothing, sin? Those inner promptings that tell us to act and we overrule them, sin? You know what I mean. You're sitting at the beach. You see a woman struggling up a set of stairs with a baby in a front pack, an umbrella on her shoulder, a heavy bag on her left arm, and dragging a toddler behind. You think, I should get up and help her. But no, you're in the middle of a really good part in your book. Sin? The grocery store clerk gives you change for a 20, and you only gave him a 5. You look down and think, hey, but you say nothing, and you pocket the money. Sin? Boldly, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. My friend asked about that list of sins that might be written out somewhere because it was her desire to know them and stay away from them. But she also had concerns that perhaps she had not confessed all of her sins of the past. What then? Should she be fearful of living in a state of unforgiveness? God is a God of justice and he is able to read the contents of our hearts. In addition, he does not hold his children captive, dangle them on puppet strings, and then change or hide the rules so that we are always guessing. And thankfully, experiencing forgiveness of sins is a repentant heart and a prayer of confession away. Thank God, grace is both accessible and attainable. Though we are just scratching the surface of this discussion on sin, it would not be complete without a look at Romans chapter 7. When I read verses 15 through 21, I can palpably feel Paul's angst, Paul's struggle. He writes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. His internal struggle causes him tension and confusion. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. 
His struggle reminds me of the addict knowing she shouldn't pick up that bottle of vodka at 9 a.m., relegating herself to another day in a prison of her own making. But I can't help but wonder about Paul. What sin did he regularly struggle with? How does Jesus look at sin? Well, he cannot abide with it. But how does he look at the sinner? Here's a sampling in John chapter 8, where we find the Pharisees again trying to trap Jesus. It seems they brought a woman caught in the act of adultery to Jesus and the group around him, saying, In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Jesus bent down and began writing on the ground with his finger. What did he write? We do not know, but perhaps he was writing the names of some of her accusers and their sins. Then he stopped, and he said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down and began writing again. First one rock dropped to the ground, then another, and one by one the finger pointers walked away. Jesus stood up and looked at the woman and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. That was Jesus, ready to offer her a way out, another way. He must have known she would take it. She just needed someone to extend love to her, to believe in her. She just needed Jesus to believe that she still had good in her. Anyone, then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. It takes courage to do the right thing. Often, it costs us something. Time, effort, money, compassion, risk. Anyone, then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. The next time you know the good you ought to do, do it. Be courageous.